Hi, everyone. This is Mike with episode 61 of Getting Everyone Moving, brought to you by Palms of Pines Parasports. And today we have Lisa Elliston. Hey, Lisa. Well, hello, Michael. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. Great to see you. All right. So tell us, now you are the president of the uh, NWA Juniors, but how did you get involved in adaptive sports? Well, let's see. I have a son who's now 20, but when he was five years old, he was born with a congenial uh, bone disease called polystotic fibrous dysplasia, which is a big long term. It's a rare bone disease. And what it is, is the bones aren't hard. They're soft, but it's not like the brittle bone disease. So obviously over time, uh, the weight of his own body would break his, his femurs. So we didn't find this out until five years old when the second day of kindergarten, he fell off of a jungle gym and broke his hip. So at that time, that's when we found out at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. We were in Nashville, Tennessee at that time. And so over the next five years, um, every six months, he would seem to break, you know, because you can't keep a little boy down. So he's going to try to keep up. And he has an older brother. So he was trying to keep up with his older brother. Um, so every six months we would be in surgery to put the nails in to hold his, his femurs together. And then a hip spica cast, which I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they're just awful. It's, it's a cast that goes from about their chest down the one leg and the other leg is open. So, and you're there for six weeks in that kind of a cast. So that was pretty trying. I, obviously I couldn't work. So I was taking care of him that whole time. So he had from five years old to 10 years old, probably about a surgery every six months because it just kept breaking. It would either be the right leg or the left leg. So so fast forward to about seven years old, I didn't have a wheelchair for him yet because I didn't know how to go about getting one for my son. So we had a transport chair and I went to the the local um, car wash with him and got him out. And the owner of the car wash came over to me and said, what sports does he play? which took me aback and I felt very indignant because I'm going, can't you see that my son is in a wheelchair? Um, And he said, no, 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 no. He says, he says, my son has cerebral palsy and plays wheelchair basketball. And I said, I had no idea. So he he eventually got his, his wife on the phone and she talked to me about this team in Nashville called Music City Thunder and their nonprofit, Able Youth Sports, and said, you ought to check it out which was great because, I mean, he needed something. His older brother was playing soccer, so he needed something. So we went one Saturday to Super Sports Saturday in Franklin, and that was the bug. That was the bug. So we weren't sure that his bones could take that kind of um, you know, pressure. Our first tournament we saw with varsity kids, my husband and I about had a heart attack and said, there's no way. <laughs> no way he's going to play this. But when we saw the prep kids play at his own age, they're a little slower, not as, not as aggressive at times. Um, we went ahead and put him on the team and, and he just has thrived since then. So that's how we got started. And then since then we moved to, uh, my husband's had a job transfer uh, in Mississippi And so I was looking for something for him because at that time, Jonathan was 12, 13. That's a pretty critical age, as you know, for kids that that age um, to find something for him. And apparently there was one time a a juniors team up in Memphis, but we were three hours south. Uh, So I contacted the local uh, adult team and uh, they had some extra chairs 
and they just didn't, they didn't have a youth team. They said they tried it once. It didn't work. Well, I'm a doer. So you just give me that challenge and mama's going to take off. So, so we went ahead and we got five kids. We moved in April. We got five kids, including my son, at the beginning of that season. And we're able to have our very first season as a prep team. And we named it the Mississippi Wheelcats. And um, that nonprofit helped us that first year. And during that first year also, I learned how to get our own nonprofit, a 501c3, as you're very familiar with. Um, And I'm just a mom. So I didn't know how to go about doing that. But um, I learned and uh, we started the My Wheels, which is Mississippi Youth Wheelchair League um, back in 2014. So that second season, we were able to have our own team. We grew from five kids to 15 kids in one year, which was incredible. And they didn't know how to play basketball, wheelchair basketball. So Jonathan got to be not only a player, but a mentor. And I think that really fired his rocket. And then just five uh, five years ago, when Jonathan was a going to be a junior in high school we moved to dallas texas and found a juniors team here so he's had the unique uh opportunity to play with three different programs and what's nice as as a mom is now i got to be a mom i still run our nonprofit afar but i've got some great local folks that are in mississippi that do uh the the busy work so i just helped do the board meetings and things like that but it's nice to to actually be a parent when we moved to the Dallas area and got to be a parent and enjoy our son's final junior um, career in wheelchair basketball. So you, I mean, as you said, you're a doer and you've helped to create opportunities uh, along with your son to play. Um, But what more, you know, there are pockets in the country where there isn't much. Uh, And so how, how do we, how do we encourage, uh, how do we create more of those opportunities so that, you know, any child with any type of disability and adults are able to participate? Uh, I know that's a very good question. I did have um, a parent or actually a grand, grandparent reach out to me uh, last year uh, because her grandchild had come up uh, there in Louisiana because there's nothing in Louisiana that they could find because they're down South Louisiana. Yeah. So I, just kind of gave her some hints and told her what I did and she's taken it. And now all of a sudden, now we've got the Louisiana Cajun wheelers. Yep. This is their very first season as a prep team. So it's, it's, it's just somebody who, who, I don't know that that's a, such a good, a good question because we know that there are kids out there that are, that are, that are sitting there doing video games because they don't know what else to do. Yeah. And as you, as your mantra is, we got to get people up and moving. We just do. It's for their physical health, their mental health, social, you know, everything uh, is is taught in just by being part of wheelchair basketball or any wheelchair sports. It can be wheelchair tennis, you know, whatever for these kids. Um, There is not enough. It takes somebody who really, really has the passion to either talk to when I started, I talked to, as I'm sure you probably did, a lot of orthopedic, um, pediatric orthopedic uh, offices. Granted, they can't tell me who their their kids are but I can give them a flyer and a card and say please let the parents know that this is this is it um but yeah that's something that's kind of my little mission I guess in life is is how do we get that but you have to be you really have to have somebody local that that wants to do it as I think you found out too yeah 
Let, let's, I, so thank you. I, I want to move back to uh, talking a little bit about your family and your son. Um, obviously, a lot of challenges. I mean, an operation every six months. I mean, what happened with uh, Jonathan's schooling? Uh, you know, what, what were, what are some of those challenges that you had to overcome? Well, I didn't know, you know, everybody, because we were in a little town in, in Tennessee called Charlotte, Tennessee, which is, is 30 miles, I think, west of Nashville. Um, that little school district didn't know when I registered him for kindergarten, they wanted to put him in um, special ed. And I'm thinking, no, he's not special ed. So I found out that there's a thing called Section 504. If you have a, a child with physical disabilities, if you have a Section 504, then you can kind of accommodate his needs in the classroom or in school. So that worked out well because obviously he did, he was walking still um, until you get all these surgeries. And then eventually by the second grade, he had to just give, he could go faster in a, in a wheelchair. Yeah. So he kind of gave up walking and he was safer in the wheelchair because kids run around and go crazy and knock them over. And then here we are. But schooling was wonderful. Um, they did homeschooling. So I had talked to the principal and of course we have a meeting and then they, they go over the 504 and then they would come to the house and school him uh, two, two to three days a week. So unfortunately the child probably doesn't write very well <laughs> because when they learn how to print, he was laying down in this hip spica cast on the floor. So um, there's, he's not, doesn't write or print very well, but he, but he at least can. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that was, I think the first year Jonathan ever got to go to school for the whole year was fifth grade. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah. So, and that was tough on the kids. I would take him, um, cause we would have to borrow or rent or whatever the, uh, pediatric wheelchair, which, um, it, 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 it reclines cause that's the only way he could get around. So when he was feeling up to it, while he's in the cast, we would go back, especially in kindergarten, because the kids didn't understand why their friend wasn't in school. Yeah. So we would take him and visit. We would talk to the teacher and, and visit with them. And um, the teachers were great over the years. They would uh, have all the kids sign a little get well card and bring it with his homeschool teacher the next day. But um, he really didn't get to have that opportunity of, of making those close friends yeah. Um, but it's funny how since Facebook came on, I didn't allow him to be on social media till he was 18. So, but once he got on social media, it's funny how he could reconnect with some of those kids he remembered from elementary school yeah. because he grew up with them when he could be there from kindergarten to sixth grade. Yeah. So that was kind of nice for him to be able to reconnect to some of those, some of those kids. So but. What's, what's Jonathan doing now? Um, and what does he hope to do in the future? Well, he's, we're in a state of flux at the moment because of COVID. Um, he did, uh, we were very blessed that he was recruited to the University of Illinois his freshman year and, and played. Um, but then when COVID hit, we brought him home. Uh, he didn't do so well on uh, remote learning. Let's put it yeah. that way. He's definitely an in-person learner. Yeah. So, and then he's got some, still some challenges with some bone growth in his hips because you know how hard they play in college, how much they push forward. Yeah. Well, apparently he's got some pain there and that we found out that there's this bone spur that he could have shaved, but that's another surgery. Yeah. So right now he's just kind of um, staying at home and he is connecting with his friends. He's got some friends that he went to high school with in Mississippi. 
So when he's on his game, they use it to talk and communicate. So at least he's got that friendship. Yeah. But um, uh, he does drive yeah. Uh, yeah. regularly. So he does, didn't have to have hand controls. So, um, but he hasn't done that in a year and a half. So we got to get him back out to, to relearn how to drive. Um, and he's just in a, in a state of flux. He's not sure he wants to go back to school, but um, I would like to encourage that. Either that or he's going to have to get a job. Right. So, yeah. So he said he just doesn't want to work at a fast food, but um, maybe we have seen a couple of, of other folks uh, in wheelchairs working at like Lowe's and um, or the sports store. So that yeah. might interest him. So right now he's just he's just <laughs> eating mom's food and mom's doing the laundry for him. You know, yeah. I probably shouldn't. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, no. We want our children to be independent. Right. <laughs> exactly. 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 So so we look forward to once this pandemic is is over and and but he certainly has had a lot of time to think about what he wants to do yeah, so yeah that's good yeah. Um, yeah so let's talk about the nwba and kind of where the junior division is heading uh as president um obviously your leadership where do you see the junior division kind of going um as we get out of covid out of covid well, we've got a lot of things on the books that we're really trying to implement um, with the NWBA. And that is, as you know, for varsity, which is the uh, high school age kids about, um, we, we have classification. So that's, you know, on, on what their abilities are and classify them just like the adult division does and collegiate division does. So we're trying to implement that. Um, that I look forward to us doing how to do that is is very hard we have six conferences so my dream is to have one person in each conference that has gone through the official classification to become an official classifier mm -hmm. and then that way they can go around to those teams in that conference and make sure that that the classification looks correct mm -hmm. so um that's 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 a that's a big project, big project. Yeah. but but after covid I, I really would like to try to be able to implement that and get that get that on a roll. And I think everybody else is too. The collegiate division is because that's how they recruit these kids. They're trying to find those lower classifications that they can recruit yeah. for kids that want to go to college. Um, so that's that's good. I would love to see more junior teams. I mean, that's kind of my heart, as you know. Yeah. So um, to, I, I guess it would be great if I was, you know, real wealthy and could go live in, a, in an area for six months to try to get it started. But um, hopefully as the word gets out and, and more people are in tune to what we have to offer for kids, you know, that maybe somebody will step up and, and reach out to us because we certainly have, have a little plan of how to start a team. They just have to reach out and help them out. And you've had that experience. Well, I, I think it comes down to, you know, maybe an earlier question that I asked is, you know, how do we create a lot more awareness, um, you know, in, in the United States? I mean, what are some of the things that, um, you know, that we can do or that we should be doing in order to do that? Well, that's a great question. It's, it's amazing how it's wonderful that NBC or one of these networks are finally uh, showing the Paralympics. Yeah. That was amazing yeah. last year uh, or year before, whenever it was that of 2016, how people were very much aware of that. 
yeah. they weren't. Yeah. So um, that I think helps on a national level. Yeah. Um, I think local, locally, um, there's a lot of teams that are on social media. And I think that that has opened the door for a lot. I, I'll tell you, it has helped us in Mississippi be able to get sponsors because of social media, yeah. which is amazing because they didn't realize that people just don't understand they're, they're getting there, but they don't understand there's a difference between a physical disability and a mental disability. You know, yeah. I mean, when they think of something for their, your kid, which people were telling me about Jonathan, Oh, you can get him in miracle ball. And that's great, but yeah. that's not where he, he fit in. Yeah. He wanted to find kids that were like him yeah. that were just physically disabled. And, but we're in school. Have, of, in high school, of, it's amazing. In, high, in his high school, there's 4,000 kids in this high school that he graduated oh. from here in Texas, big schools. He was the only one in a wheelchair oh. that, that was not in the special education hall, you know, going, going up and down the halls constantly, you know, and I would always tell him how, you know, his, his sight is where everybody's uh, rear end is. Yeah. So that, but, but it's amazing how everybody knew his name. And I said, well, who's that? Oh, I don't know, mom. I think he's some kid in my class, in my science class or whatever. So, and then he was also had the opportunity in Texas, they have a wheelchair league for for track and field. Uh So he actually got to go uh, and represent his high school in in track. They they actually had a a wheelchair made for him. Uh, It's a special uh, sports chair. I don't know if you've seen... um, the, the ones for racing, yeah. but um, it's, it's, pre- it's pretty cool. So he was in the hundred meter and the 400 meter um, and actually got to state. He was the top nine of the entire state of Texas. So he got to go to state representing his high school yeah. and all the kids in that school, it really opened their eyes that yes, there was a wheelchair sport and this kid in this wheelchair is just like I am. It's just, he uses wheels instead of legs. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, that that's something else um, that one of our folks who used to be uh, Chris Rafji, who yeah. used to be the junior president before myself, yeah. his passion is to get more high school sports such that, that are wheelchair oriented, whether it's basketball or track. So I look forward to more states doing that. I think that would help. Yeah. Well, you know, Challenge Athletes Foundation is is really trying to do more with, uh, I mean, it's going to be virtual now, but I know that, um, you know, they want to do more and, and promote more in high schools, which I, which I think is important um, because you want, you know, for an able-bodied youth, there's so many opportunities and, yes. you know, for uh, youth with a physical disability, uh, you know, not as many. So I, I think, right. Yeah. Right. And they always want to put like when, when they found out he played wheelchair basketball at high school, they wanted him to be the manager of, of the basketball team. Well, that's not what he wants to do. Right. He wants to play. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. it, it's funny how people try, think they're helping by, by offering those opportunities. And for some children that might be fine. Cause you're one of the guys, right. You're part right. of a team, but uh, for him, Nah, he just he just wanted to play. Yeah, he wanted to get up and move, like anyone yeah. else. Right, uh, right. So, I, so I know there's um, a committee now, uh, juniors and uh, collegiate uh, college coaches are participating. 
I mean, how, how do you see us uh, getting more collegiate level adaptive sports? I mean, throughout the country. So, you know, there is a program in every state. What do we have to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the collegiate division is doing a great job. I don't know how they're doing because that's their, yeah. their, uh, their job. But they've gotten some um, other colleges that are starting collegiate uh, sports in Washington State, I believe. That's yeah. new this last. Yeah, isn't it? You probably know more than I do. Because when we first looked at collegiate, um, when Jonathan was young, there was only yeah. 11. 11. And I don't know how many there are now. But, yeah. I mean... It seems like at every turn they're because yeah. they're finding out, you know, honestly, for the universities, too, it's 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 a nice little financial uh, grants that they can go for that they would have never gone for before if they would have adaptive sports. Right. So, you know, it can be advantageous for them financially yeah. to do something like that. Yeah. So. so so you've lived in a few different parts of the country. Um, and so you've seen, you know, different barriers, uh, mm. different challenges. I mean, how, what are some of those and how do we uh, develop more inclusion in society? That's a great question because um, especially in Mississippi being, you know, such a small, small state, I was shocked how many restaurants and places that we would go to that were were not ADA accessible for Jonathan. I was still to this day am shocked. Um, so a lot of the adults, you know, that live in Mississippi would, would, uh, go to the legislature and tell them that we've got to get this done. Um, and I just don't know if they don't see it or because you know how that is. If you don't have that in your life, you don't realize how difficult and challenging it can be for either a child, adult or whatever um, I guess a lot of that's going to have to be done legislatively, I would think. Yeah. But you've got to have the people who want to make change, you know, mm. and and so I hope I hope a lot of these adults um, can do that. Just in the different states, because I think if they're living there and, and they've been disabled for a period of time, mm. they probably would be able to speak very clearly on how yeah. it was before they were hurt and after they were hurt yeah. and, and the differences that, that need to be taken place yeah. in different places. But So have you, have, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. I mean, you know, it's amazing how if our kids with physical disabilities can just be infiltrated into the schools like Jonathan was, there it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. there it is. They, they, they can ask him, how can I help you? Or, or could, you got it? Or, and, and there you go. It's amazing how kids can help yeah. each other. But I, I think part of it is too, I mean, as you mentioned, it is, it is about educating people mm-hmm. such that, you know, Jonathan, cognitively, there's right. no issues. And so why would he be in a special kind mm-hmm. of, you know, needs class? Right. Uh, I just, I think that's very important. Um, it is, it is. And I was gonna say, un- unfortunately, I know that there's a lot of, of physical disabled kids who still need some learning help, Sure. right? Sure. Um, but I'm not sure, well, they, you know, it's interesting. I, I have a couple of kids I'm thinking of. I almost wish I would have asked the parents, are they in a, a different hallway from the school or, or is, are they just go there for one class and then yeah. come back and, and are integrated 
Yeah. I don't know. I wish I would have asked. Yeah. Um, oh, well. So have you, have you um, and your husband helped um, Jonathan, you know, to be an advocate to, to advocate for himself, to advocate for others? Um, yeah. Yes, because he has to learn to do that. I mean, obviously, when you're when he was little, we were his advocate. And that was and that's hard to step away from as a parent because I've, I've done it since he was five years old. And every year we have to, to to come up like absences. OK, that was always my fight with him in school. He would travel with his team right in the NWBA to go to tournaments. Well, we have to take off Friday and Monday. Right. Well, at the end of the year, if you have too many absences, then you have to take the end of the year exams. If you don't have enough absences, then you don't have to take the exams. Yeah. Well, Jonathan didn't want to have to take the exams. He was doing very well in school. Sure. So I, that would be my fight every year is what's the difference between him being off of school and your football team being out of school? Mm. And so I would always that would be my fight every year. And thankfully would always win, uh-huh. you know, so they would definitely just let it go. But um, he has seen that and, and I, um, he's had to learn when he went to college, he had to advocate for himself yeah. a lot, which I thought was good. Yeah. Um, Coach Bushy was very much into saying, you know, here's your classes. You can't have classes. This is the time that we work out. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to go and take care of that. Yeah. So, um, so that, and, and he was very adamant. He wanted to drive with his legs. He didn't want to drive with hand controls. So we got him a place where he can lift his own chair, you know, which, so he puts his own chair in the bed of the truck and gets himself in, into the driver's seat. And he really enjoyed driving to and from school in high school that last year, um, and got his own driver's license. I mean, you know, there was a lot of those things he had to do. We can't do it all. Yeah. So, so sport, sport has really helped him um, to be independent and to uh, do for himself. Tremendously, tremendously. And even when we started that Mississippi team, um, I think Dave and I are the kind of people that we never just focus just on Jonathan. Jonathan was just a player at that time, you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So Jonathan stepped up on his own teaching these kids how to play the sport where, where all these, all these kids, my husband and I felt they're, they're our babies, you know, they're all ours. We all want all of them to, to, to be the best person they can be um, and, and to learn and to be independent and, and all those things that we want our, our children to be. So um, I, I, and what's great is to hear that now a child that we started with, who is so afraid of getting hit with his own chair, is now a senior this year with Mississippi Wheelcats, and he's like the biggest defense player there is, bumping everybody. So those those moments are the moments that just uh, that we're going. This is why we do it. Yeah, absolutely. This is why. So yeah, we're, get, we're getting towards the end of our interview here. Are there some final words that you'd like to leave our you know people with? just get involved, you know, get involved. It doesn't take a lot. I mean, to be a volunteer at a local, if you have a local NWBA juniors team, you know, it's amazing how much help an adult can do, you know, and if you're a child that's looking for something, just try it. 
you know, don't, don't be afraid to just get on the court and try. If you don't like it, you know what, there's probably something else we can find for you. There's, there's tennis there. There's, you know, there's bocce ball. There's so many other sports that, that we can get it. But don't, if you see a child, ask them what sport they put. I mean, I was pretty upset when the guy asked me that, what sport does my child play? But it opened up the conversation. And, and that was brilliant. Yeah. All right. Lisa, thank you so much. <laughs> really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Michael, for what you do. We appreciate what you do and spreading the word. Thank you.